You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. The non-concessional contribution cap rules have been around for approximately 15 years, and yet it's not uncommon for clients to still fall foul of what can be a complex set of rules. My name is Craig Day, and I'm here to discuss how clients can end up in this situation and what options they have with Linda Bruce, one of my senior technical services managers in the First Tech team. Hey, Linda. Hey, Craig. How are you? I'm not too bad. A bit over lockdown, ready to get out, but uh, hanging tough. How about you? Yeah, the same. Can't wait. 18th of yeah. October, huh? <laughs> Is that when it's due? Oh, God, yeah. let us out soon, please. Okay, now we're here to talk about excess non-concessional contributions. Now, as I said in the lead up, we've had these rules around for approximately 15 years now, and yet it's not uncommon at all, is it, to get phone calls through the uh, f- through the first tech line or emails, dealing with situations where clients have exceeded their non-concessional cap. So, wh- where is where are clients still getting it wrong? Yeah, the rules are getting more and more complex, right, Craig? So we all know we're still recovering from the super ref- reform changes that happened in mm-hmm. 2017, and yet we still get our heads around the total super balance, which is linked to the non-concessional contribution cap, mm-hmm. let alone many, many other things like client's age, bring forward, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you're absolutely right. We're still dealing with a large amount of excess non-concessional contribution related queries. Right. What about other ways? Because there's, it's been what people are getting, been getting this wrong for all of these 15 years, not just since 1 July 2017. So what are those other ways where, you know, and probably more of the unexpected or little traps and pitfalls in these rules? Absolutely. So miscalculating the cap is one thing, but there are some things that we don't usually see it. So one example would be um, someone made a 100,000 contribution last financial year, intending not to trigger the bring forward a provision. And mm-hmm. first First day of the current financial year, made a 330,000 using the three year bring forward, maxed out non concessional contribution caps. All good. Mm-hmm. Little did yep. this person know is that last year this person had excess concessional contribution. Mm-hmm. And when someone has excess concessional contribution, it's not a big deal as long as they take action within 60 days, 60 days after they receive that letter from the ATO and take the excess concessional contribution amount out of a super. If you do nothing, like some, a lot of you might be as lazy as I am, I don't even open my <laughs> mail until like 120 <laughs> days later. Yeah, the missed yeah. opportunity, that excess concessional 
becomes non-concessional and counting towards non-concessional contribution cap is still recorded as taxable component in the fund. It's just ATO will use the excess concessional amount counting towards your non-concessional cap. As a result, in my example, this particular individual has triggered the bring forward the last financial year. As a result, the total amount in the three years this person can contribute is 300000 and he made 435000 So this client would get access 135000 non-concessional contributions. A, a nasty surprise there. So if I just go back and think about that, so... He's done the the perfect strategy around non-concession, right? So he's put in the hundred. Yeah. Well, for for last year, right? So before the the caps indexed yep. up to three thirty. So he's put in his hundred, and then one day later, he's gone and taken advantage of that increase in the non-concessional cap to three thirty. But the problem was, what you're saying is his employer exceeded or put in $5,000 extra for some reason. It may have been a salary sacrifice contribution that he just forgot to to vary down or deduct or move around because he got a pay rise, something along. Who knows, right? But there's yep. $5,000 extra there. And because he's got the $5,000, that counts as a non-concessional. So instead of having $100 and then $330, he has got $105. He's triggered the bring forward rule this year. His cap is now $300. This year, okay, take into account what he's already put in that year, which is 105. That means he's only got the balance between 300 and 105 that he can put in. And then when he goes and throws 330 on one July, you know, one day later, he's put he's blowing that by 135,000 dollars. That's right. That's right. And right. the the key point is that excess concessional was not released from the fund. That's yeah. what was causing the problem. Now, in that situation, we just need to be aware too that the amount, if, if we do release our excess concessional, so that would be reduced by contributions tax, right? So if if it's only 85% of the five grand, that's the amount that we get to release. But when we do that, the ATO goes back and grosses up the amount that's been released to make sure it brings it back down to the, the amount that we've before, uh, the, tax yeah, yeah. before <laughs> the tax was taken. Yeah, before the tax, exactly. So <laughs> right. in that situation, we would reduce our non-concessionals by $5,000. Yep, totally. Right. What about other situations? Other situations would be, let's just say, client array uh, made maximum non-concessional contribution, also expecting a CGT event and made a uh, pers- additional personal contribution with the intention to claim a deduction. But... Mm-hmm. To claim a deduction, Ray needs to lodge a valid notice of intent. As we all know, it's problematic when notice of intent is involved. So in this situation, we see it all the time. Um, could it be a client? Could it be the accountant? Totally forgot about it. Just went ahead and lodged the tax return. The moment you lodge the tax return, you no yeah. longer is able to lodge that note, uh, valid notice of intent. So we see that happening very often. And where you cannot claim deduction, you do not have a valid notice of intent, that additional personal contributions will count towards your non-concessional contribution cap. All right. So we've actually got whole podcasts on when you can actually yeah. fail the deduction or reduction. So, so if you've ever... If you want to know more about deduction notices and when you can fall fail of those rules, go and have a look at that podcast or have a listen. Um, so in that situation, if if we can't provide a valid notice or if we did provide a valid notice 
and what happened? Sometimes you don't have the level of income. So in that situation where your client was going to sell his asset, let's say his his deduction notice is fine, um, but he, you know, the settlement or the the CGT event, not the settlement, it's actually the contract date, um, but he can't get that signed until July sometime. Yep. So all of a sudden, he doesn't have a lot of income. He's thrown in a large personal contribution, which he intends to claim as a tax deduction. But what happens in this situation when the deduction is larger than the level of income? Only the amount reduces your taxable income to zero, but not a negative, can be allowed as a deduction. And only that amount counts towards your concessional cap. The excess amount when above your taxable income level before you claim this deduction um, will become non-concessional. Yeah, so I think here the, the carry-forward concessional contribution rules can catch people out, right? Yeah. So, you know, everyone thinks about the concessional cap these days being $27,500. But if the client has quite very large levels of, you know, carry-forward cap amounts, there could actually be a very large deduction going in and all of a sudden, They've got their CGT timing wrong. The contract was signed in July rather than in June. And your level of income is much smaller than the amount of the contribution. So there could actually be quite a large contribution there now that you simply can't claim a tax deduction for. Now, what does the what does the oh, pardon me? What does the ATO do in that situation? I imagine I don't want to have to pay my 15% contributions tax there. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. If the client is lucky, they haven't commenced the pension. The moment you commence the pension, there's nothing you can do. You haven't commenced the pension. The trustee of the super fund still holds the contribution. You haven't done rollover. You haven't done withdrawal. Go back to the fund and ask the, amend that notice of intent, vary the amount down to the appropriate level. At least you get a 15% contribution tax back where you cannot vary the amount down Bad luck. You're still paying that a 15% contribution mm. tax, I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, let's, so let's say we've, we've ended up in a situation where we've, where we've exceeded the cap for some reason. Mm. Um, what happens next? Yeah, so our client or yourself or the tax agent will get a lovely letter from the ATO. That uh, letter will say, hey, look, you exceeded your non-concessional contribution cap and here's your excess non-concessional contribution, excess, excess non-concessional contribution notice, determination notice. I can't talk today. <laughs> so what is... I, I would imagine that includes a whole bunch of different details. So do you want to just run through? Sure. Uh, they will tell the client uh, what your total super balance at the previous 30th June. They will tell the client what your non-concessional contribution cap is supposed to be for that financial year and how much non-concessional contributions you actually made and what is your excess non-concessional contribution amount. And they will also tell clients, this is a little bit confusing, uh, the excess non-concessional contributions tax, that's 47%, but don't freak out. That's only relevant to the situation where the excess uh, of the non-concessional is not released. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, right, Craig? Mm -hmm. um, yep, and and what, what else I included? Um, the associated earnings amount. Um, so that's relevant when the excess amount can be released. Okay, so that's really important. What? How do we calculate that if, amount? Based on three factors. 
The first factor is the excess non-concessional contributions amount. And the second factor is the associated earnings rate. So it's mm-hmm. not the actual earnings rate. That's re- irrelevant how much the client actually gains in their super fund during the year. Completely irrelevant. What is relevant is the average of the general interest charge rate in that financial year. So as an example, in 2020-2021 financial year, the rate was 7.06%. Then the last factor, the last factor is the period. So unfortunately, it doesn't matter when the excess happened. It could happen as late as the 30th June of that financial year. But for calculation purposes, the ATO will use 1st July of the financial year. Even though you made a contribution on the last day, your earning has already accrued for the whole entire financial year. And when does yeah. the end? It ends when the ATO issue that the Excess non-concessional contribution determination letter. So think about it. Uh, the ATO will usually not issue uh, the determination letter until uh, you know as early as November, uh, October, November of the following financial year. So as a guideline, you have a year and a half as a minimum for the ATO to calculate your associated earnings amount. Could it be a lot longer for that period? And mm. that interest is compounding on a daily basis. Nasty, nasty. So I assume that you're going to have to release this amount of... Yeah. Keep it in. But it's also the release, that these deemed earnings amount. That has to come out too, doesn't it? Yeah, so the ATO will also tell you if you were to take an option to release the amount, what will be the uh, amount that that is required to be released? That is 100% of the excess non-concessional contribution amount mm-hmm. and 85% of the associated earnings. Why 85%? Because ATO, the, the law, the legislation recognize that 50%, 15% of the associated earnings represent the fund tax has already been paid to the ATO. So you just needed to release 85% of the associated earnings. All right. So now let's imagine ourselves in the worst of situations and we wake up one day and there's a a lovely letter from the ATO (laughs) saying we've exceeded our non-concessional cap. What do you need to do? Uh, First thing first, check all the information ATO told us. Um, Sometimes ATO makes a mistake. Sometimes the fund uh, makes a mistake. ATO is issuing the determination letter based on the information reported by the fund and by yourself, by all the client themselves in the tax return, right? So first thing first, check those information. If the super fund reported the incorrect amount, go to the super fund, ask them to re-report. If you made a mistake in your tax return, for example, the deduction amount should be higher or lower, you made a mistake, all right, fix up your tax return. So that's the first thing. Check the information, whether mm-hmm. they're accurate. And the second thing, which is a little bit tricky, yes, um, there is a, um, a measure that allows our client to go to the ATO and ask them to consider the excess is resulting from special circumstances, 
please be nice. Are you able to consider to disregard or reallocate the contribution to appropriate financial year? But in practice, special circumstances usually is relating to an employer, like a super guarantee shortfall situation typically uh, it's something mm. that our client has no control whatsoever the ATO made it very clear right so if you miscalculated your cap you made a mistake or you sought incorrect professional advice yeah. these are not special circumstances um, you can try but don't hold your breath probably you won't yeah. get a good determination letter <laughs> um, they're really hard to get so special circumstances mean You've got special circumstances, not just because someone forgot or got it wrong, because that's actually not that special. That's right. (laughs) Yep. All right. So um, obviously the third option is going to be to get the money out, yeah? Yeah. So we will have to take action, right? Determined. All right. Um, Bad luck. There's no incorrect reporting. Um, No, it's not possible. There's no special circumstances. We can't apply or don't want to apply for determination. Then we need to take action to deal with uh, the determination letter and to deal with the excess. Okay. So what, what options? Actually, those options were, uh, will be specified, uh, in that, in that lovely letter you're getting from the ATO, uh, the ATO will tell our client three options. The first one, ATO will go for many, vast majority of the people, it's the easiest is to do nothing. And then the, alternatively, you can choose one of the two options. And in the alternative option, option one uh, is to release the amount we mentioned earlier, the 100% excess and 55% of the social earnings um, from a nominated account. And option two is don't release. Okay. All right. O- option two, don't release. So in that situation, do nothing and opting to not release, <laughs> they're not the same thing, right? Right. Very important here to notice that if we don't release, so we're actively deciding not to release, what happens? If you actively tell the ATO, I want my access to be kept in the fund by choosing option two, then the 47% excess tax will apply to the whole entire excess non-concessional contribution amount. Okay. So if I've got $100,000 worth of excess non-concessional contributions, I'm paying 47% tax rate on that amount. If you don't release. If you don't release, right? So- Obviously, why on earth would you want to choose that option? Probably no one will choose that option, right? But there Mm -hmm. are situations people simply do not have a choice. Um, It doesn't happen very often. That's relating to a scenario when a a client has no money left in accumulation style uh, or they never ever had any accumulation style uh, super fund. The only one and only interest is in a defined benefit fund. Yeah, with the release authority, with the excess um, uh, and a release authority, the defined benefit fund is the only fund that can say no to the ATO's release authority. And their rules are so complex and very, and most likely they will say no. So mm-hmm. the excess amount, if the client only has defined benefit interest, most likely it's not possible to have excess released from the defined benefit interest that leaves with only one option available to this 
client, that is 47% of the excess. So it's it's the option you have when you don't have an option, really. Yeah. It's basically, <laughs> Pretty much. I, I can't pull this money out of super. There is still money sitting inside superannuation for me, but I can't pull it out. And I'm just telling you that. And so basically, essentially, that means you're, the client's going to cop it in the neck with a 47% tax rate. Yeah. Um, what happens if I do nothing? Because that's different from actively saying, leave it in there. Yep. What happens if I do nothing? Well, um, before 2013, doing nothing means you are keeping amount in super. You're paying mm-hmm. 47% of tax. Thank goodness. Oh, oh, did I say 2013? Sorry, I meant to say 2018. Thank right. goodness yeah. that it disappeared. So from 1st July 2018, there was a change. And if you do nothing, ATO will do everything at their end. They will send a release authority for the required amount to be released from your super fund. If you only have one fund, nice and simple, release authority will go to that fund. If you have a multiple fund, multiple, say, including pension and accumulation interest, the ATO will look at, by their rules, which fund has the largest balance. And generally speaking, they will choose that fund and send the release authority to that fund and ask the fund to release the amount, required amount, to the ATO. So what's the tax impact? Sure. Um, we talk about associated earnings and 85% of the associated earnings needs to come out. When it comes to tax implications, it's 100% Uh, of the associated earnings calculated by the ATO will be included in our client's marginal uh, assessable income and the tax Mm -hmm. at a marginal tax rate. And the client will get a 15% offset. The 15% offset is based on their associated earnings, but be careful though, it's not refundable. And also it only reduces the income tax liability. It doesn't reduce the Medicare levy. Okay, so in this case, the ATO issues a release authority to the fund? Yep. Yep, and so the fund releases that money to the ATO. They then reassess that income for that relevant year, I assume? Yep, that's right. Yep, and so then there's a tax liability. They deduct that from the amount that's been released. That, that's correct. If the client get the notice of assessment uh, from lodging the tax return, um, maybe some people are really quick and just pay any outstanding debt, the tax debt. Um, then when ATO re- receive the released amount, if nothing is owning, nothing is owning to the ATO, there's no outstanding government debt, ATO will just send everything back to the client's account. If there's any outstanding tax liabilities, so for example, client hasn't paid the tax on the excess um, um, notice, then the ATO will deduct any amount owning to them and any amount outstanding debt amount owning to the Commonwealth government, and then the ATO will refund the balance. Right. Okay. So what, what happens there if the client's already fully withdrawn? So it's not unusual for a client to make the non-concessional contribution, freak out, oh, I've made a mistake, and then they pull it all back out. Yep. That doesn't fix anything, does it? It doesn't fix um, the things. Um, absolutely, Craig. <laughs> the client will still get the, 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 the determination letter from, from the ATO uh, and they still need to take action, except if they do not absolutely have 
no interest whatsoever in either accumulation or pension phase. And the ATO is satisfied that the person has no interest left in super. That's fine. The ATO will write it off. Um, no actions is required. But what ATO will do is still include the 100% of the associated earnings in client's notice of assessment. And that amount, again, will be taxed at a marginal tax rate minus the 15% non-refundable tax offset. Right. Okay. Um, so we've looked at leaving the money in there. They've looked at doing nothing. So the ATO goes and releases it out of super. So there was one other option there, wasn't there? Yeah. And what's that? That's to choose option one. It's weird, right? Option one is to uh, tell the ATO, I want to have my money released. But the option one will give you the option to choose a fund or funds if one fund doesn't have a sufficient amount to release the money from. Right. Okay. Um, and how how long do we have to make that choice? 60 days from the date yeah. the determination letter was issued by the ATO. Right. So if I want to choose that option, open your mail, read it. <laughs> yes. Make the option. Okay. So what's the tax app? tax implications there? It's exactly the same as do nothing. That is 100% of the associated earnings is taxed at your marginal tax rate minus 15% rebate. Okay. So obviously, why choose? Why choose? If you only have one super account, either in accumulation phase or in pension phase, obviously do nothing would be better. So AT will do everything at their end. You don't have to do anything. But mm-hmm. if you have multiple funds, if you have accumulation interest and you have pension interest um, or you have a multiple accumulation interest or multiple pension interest, then we need it to be strategized. Because release authority, amount release and the release authority can be tricky. Um, remember, there is some rule called a proportioning rule. When we mm-hmm. take money out of a super, um, when we take a, a pension withdrawal or lump sum withdrawal, every single dollar comes out will consist of the tax-free component, if any, and the corresponding taxable component needs to be proportioned. But mm-hmm. this rule does not apply to amount released under the ATO's release authority. So what does it mean? In practice, if the amount is released from accumulation phase because proportioning rules don't apply and your tax-free amount, that's your after-tax contributions as example, is a fixed dollar, effectively, this means the amount will only be released from your taxable component. Um, But if you're going to release this amount from pension phase because the tax-free and the taxable components percentages were locked in at the commencement mm-hmm. of the pension. You don't have a choice. Every single dollar, including amount released and a release authority needs to come from the tax-free and the taxable component in accordance with that already locked in taxable and the tax-free percentages. Um, so, if I, yep. so if I give you an example of, let's say, just accumulation phase. So if I've made $100,000 non-concessional contribution, but my balance is now $200,000. Obviously, my tax free is going to be 100 and my taxable is going to be 100 right? And so then if a release authority is sent to the fund for, let's say, $50,000, what that does is simply reduces my balance down to 150. 
And then when we look at the tax-free, well, that's based on my level of non-concessional contribution, so that's $100,000. And so, therefore, the taxable effectively gets reduced down to 50 in that situation. That's that right? right. That's absolutely no. correct. But uh, the ATO mentioning in the past, I think around uh, 2018, they were truly uh, aware of this, um, uh, the application of this rule. And they have said, uh, be careful, people. Um, if you purposely exceed your non-concessional contribution <laughs> with an intention to manipulate your taxable and the tax-free component, we're not going to be very happy about it. And we're going to, um, you know, have a look at the situation. And if um, proved you entered into a scheme, uh, we are, ATO meaning, uh, going to apply heavy penalties. Okay, they're going to dingle dingle the little part for aid bell at you and start getting yeah. that. Please, please don't go out and deliberately exceed the non-concessional cap to manipulate your tax components. Um, do it at your own peril um, because the ATO are saying that they would consider that tax void. So do be very, very careful. What about preservation components? Such a great question, right? So there's a caching order. Uh, it applies to many, many like early super release, like um, pension payments you're taking from a TTR pension phase. It doesn't matter if everything is preserved. You can only take from preserved benefit. But it does matter if our client has unrestricted, non-preserved component, a benefit rather, and has restricted, non-preserved benefit and preserved benefit. Now, the CIS rules require this type of benefit payment, um, like early release uh, and release under the uh, release authority, it must be taken in order. What order? Firstly, it must be deducted from unrestricted, non-preserved component until that amount um, is depleted. And then the second, secondly, you deduct it from restricted, non-preserved component benefit, rather. And then lastly, you can, you, you, you can touch the preserved benefit. So what, what you're saying there um, is if I've got two funds, right, yep. and one of them's got everything preserved and one of them's got some unrestricted non-preserved in there and maybe some preserved as well, yep. um, I would actually want to choose option one in that situation because I can direct the release authority to the fund with all of the preserved and preserve my unrestricted non-preserved component, if that makes sense. That's right. So you can still have the accessibility to the unrestricted, unpreserved yeah. amount. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if I gave you the perfect world hypothetical situation, which you're probably never going to see, but anyway, but it's it, it useful for an example. So we've got a client with two funds, which ended up with an excess non-concessional contributions tax liability. One of those funds is 100% taxable component and it's 100% preserved. Their other fund is a 100% tax-free component and a 100% unrestricted non-preserved component. So in that situation, let's just assume that that second fund with all of the tax-free unrestricted non-preserved, maybe that's a larger fund, right? So if we choose to do nothing, the ATO is going to hit that with the release authority. And so all of our tax-free and our unrestricted non-preserved is going to get paid out, right? Yeah. Whereas if I make the option, so I'm choosing which fund this is coming out from, I choose the fund that's got all of the taxable preserve component. I say that fund, please, the ATO issues the release authority to that fund and all of that preserved and taxable component comes out. Absolutely, yes. All right, all right. So there is strategy there that people 
really should be considering. Sometimes it won't make a difference because you've only got one fund and, you know, if option one or choose not to do anything won't make a jot of difference from tax or preservation or tax components perspective. But if you've got multiple funds, that's when the strategy comes into play. Okay, anything else we need to think about? So if you do need to choose um, option one, how to do it, right? That's a question we get very often. So three ways. The first way probably is the easiest way. That's provided the client has uh, a MyGov account that's linked to the ATO online services and provided, mm-hmm. Craig, you say very often, the client can remember the password to log in. <laughs> <laughs> so assuming that's possible, so go to ATO online, go to Super, they will see the access, um, uh, the, the, the no- nomination form to make the nomination. Um, uh, and, and that um, option is only available uh, for 120 days uh, on the ATO's um, online system. So that's the simplest way. Choose your super fund and send the uh, form to the ATO electronically. Second mm-hmm. way, if a client has an agent, the agent can do it on their online portal on behalf of the client. The third way, that is, client cannot do it either by uh, doing it through MyGov or use a tax agent. Then there's an option to go to ATO and download the paper form, build it up, and send the paper performer to the ATO, but do it ASAP because you only have 60 days from issuing of the determination letter to do this. Right. Terrific. All right. I think that summarizes everything. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Every- no problem. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please remember these podcasts are designed for authorized financial advisors. If you're not an authorized financial advisor, you need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person, including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies, accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.